Hey, back for number four. Uh, if uh, your church is in support of women women preaching, uh, how come we don't have any uh, female ministers? That's the question. Yeah, it's a good question. So let's uh, look at the Bible. So uh, lots of different churches have lots of different opinions about this. Um, largely, they come from uh, two particular Bible verses. So the first is 1 Timothy 2. Um, uh, verses 8 to 15, and the other is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verses 26, um, and, and yeah, the, the bit after, um, so that kind of section. 1 Timothy 2 uh, talks about, so it's got this little passage talking about men uh, lifting up their hands, uh, not in anger. Then it talks about women uh, not letting their beauty come from kind of adornments and fancy hair, but from uh, their character. Um, And then it talks about, I do not permit uh, women to... uh, teach with authority over a man. Then it goes on to kind of tell a bit of an Adam and Eve story. Please look it up. Um, Have a good read because I haven't uh, read it verbatim to you just then. But, yeah, please have a look. Um, And then 1 Corinthians 14. um, You want to say what that one's about? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 14 uh, talks about the public gathering of God's people and particularly, yeah, the nature of orderly worship. Uh, And in there, there is a particular part that talks about women um, being silent uh, in the midst of that, and yeah, making they talk to their husbands when they need to know, need to learn something. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, the controversial passages, so many views. Yeah, lots um, of people have had yeah. lots of disagreements on these people who've got multiple letters after their names, and so what we're not going to do tonight is uh, get into all of those like the nitty gritty of those arguments um, because it would just take forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we are, we are we are thinking through them, and yeah. we'll have thought through them actually. Um, I'll be putting out um, some blogs in the next couple of weeks, uh, focusing on those two passages in particular, to yeah help think through those. Yep, yep. But regardless of that, um, yeah, a pretty good key way to think about them is um, kind of three responses to those passages. Mm. Uh, one is the literalist response, so you read it, and that's the way it is. Uh, the other one, another way is to see them as irrelevant. Um, so um, you read them and you go, oh, that's just irrelevant, that's just wrong. Times have changed, everything's better. Um, that's not how we think about things anymore. Uh, both those positions have quite um, dangerous uh, quite dangerous ways of reading the Bible. Um, you end up making some, um, yeah, you, you, do it to one, you do it in one place, you've got to start thinking about it in other places as well. For example, in 1 Timothy 2, if you're a literalist, um, then you start getting in trouble when so men have to raise their hands in prayer and for women to be dressed modestly they can never ever wear gold and so all wedding rings are, are sinful and so I'm sorry I'm being cheeky you but, are being, <laughs> being cheeky but I think um, there's, a, there's a danger in reading the Bible that way uh, and we wouldn't read other texts that way and so we shouldn't you know, we need to be careful about how we do that um, and to say it's irrelevant if you start saying um, a text is completely irrelevant that it has no uh, yeah, no foundational truth behind it. You often hear people say, oh, that's just <coughs> cultural. That's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, so it's just cultural and there's nothing, there has nothing to say to us. That's a really dangerous place to be because then you start, um, you become the authority in that point and you start defining what the word is saying mm. and what's relevant and what's not relevant. Yeah. Um, and because if we think about the Bible, like, and you say, oh, no, that's just cultural. It was such a long time ago. Actually, the Bible wasn't cool when the Bible came out. Like it, um, Paul and 
Peter and, you know, all the people who are writing these New Testament letters, um, the whole, like, their society was not going, oh, yeah, we totally agree with this. They were at odds with some of the things they were saying too. So to say, oh, that was cultural because it's so old, it's, you know, the Stone Age, as you often hear, um, that doesn't ring true either. Mm. Yep, so literalist or um, irrelevant. Um, or um, the, the, third, the third option, which I think is the, um, the way to yeah, read God's word, is to be... Um, so think through, uh, think through its context, uh, and then see uh, what it said to those people at that time. Uh, then to draw out of that what is the the truth, um, uh, the big T truth that comes out of that about who God is and the way He's ordered and made His world. Uh, and then to use that truth to then apply um, to our context and to mm. feed into that. Um, yeah, there's different words um, that can be used for that. It could be contextualization. It could be um, yeah, Thinking uh, theologically, um, <coughs> there's a whole bunch of different words. Uh, potentially, uh, cultural transportation is another word that I've heard. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of different things. Um, yeah, whether yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things. Think about, um, but there's danger in being a literalist or irrelevant, irrelevant for the way you read the rest of the Bible. And so we always want to be seeing what does it say in its context. Draw out um, then the the thing that is trying to be said about who God is and how He orders orders His world, mm. and then bring that to our place. Yeah. So, like, regardless of <coughs> which stance you're taking and what your practice is going to be, um, let's just talk about some kind of guidelines for how you might kind of approach um, this particular topic. Yeah. The first one um, is think about the key qualification for preaching and teaching and for leadership. Um, is not necessarily uh, gender um, in the Bible. Uh, in God's word, the key qualification seems to be uh, godliness and faithfulness. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, the the key key way of thinking about it um, is, yeah, I can't. No one should be able to just turn up at a church and get up and teach everyone. Um, they should be have been judged to be, um, yeah, of godly character, uh, of true faith, of sound doctrine. Um, yeah, those things are of real importance. Um, uh, one Timothy two is an interesting case where there's a whole bunch, um, whole bunch of false teachers going on, a whole bunch mm. of false doctrine floating around, and that's actually one of the key, um, key fears for Paul as he writes to Timothy in Ephesus, um, and so and he's trying to teach him sound doctrine and right teaching and godly, um, yeah, how to live godly, godly in the way in the midst of that. And so, yeah, when we're thinking about people that should preach, it shouldn't just be because they're a man or because they're a woman. Um, it is based on their godly character, mm. first and foremostly, and then, um, yeah, and, and built on their sound doctrine. And so, yeah, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're part of the Anglican Church, um, and that, yeah, they do that um, in lots of ways, do that really well. In terms of to be ordained in the Anglican Church, you need to be, um, we go through a whole bunch of uh, character references, we get people to write about, um, answer questions about you, you go through a doctrine interview, um, you need to go through a particular theological college, uh, and so, yeah, and it's not um, it's not dot for dot the same. There's room for uh, disagreement and movement, uh, and it's very relational. But there's something helpful about a process that says we care about your character yeah, mm. first. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think, like, regardless of where you land, so if you've uh, considered these passages, you've considered the whole um, text of the Bible, uh, you can come at very different but um, godly expressions of yeah, just how you've understood it. <clears throat> but regardless of whether you in your church are allowing uh, women to preach, um, you need uh, or to teach with authority over a man, I should say, um, women need to be teaching 
and learning um, together and um, in lots of different ways. So um, often women will uh, preach to one another they or they will teach the children in our church. Um, you need to be providing opportunities uh, for women uh, to be using their gifts, um, as we've talked about in some of the questions before. Um, and also... Uh, you, you, the preacher needs to be really aware that they are preaching to um, sometimes even a majority female audience. And so um, just to, to just kind of, um, yeah, change their preaching to suit that um, or just to acknowledge that, that there are women out there and, um, and they will have different experiences. And I think part of how uh, preachers can do that is by having uh, women in their lives, and often often they do, um, but just talking about them and having pastoral relationships with them um, to see, now I'm preaching on this passage, how might that um, speak to a woman, particularly when we hear... Um, Passages that might touch on women's issues like marriage or domestic violence, um, things like that, just to say, you know what, I want to speak to you and have this be uh, really godly and helpful. So, um, how can I be? Uh, how can I be aware that there might be some sensitivities in the congregation, and um, and just really preaching appropriately to that? But yet, I think there just needs to be women at all levels. Um, within the church, feeding into the conversation, mm. um, regardless of what your stance is on uh, women teaching with authority over men, um, they yeah need to be kind of led in to, um, to just be able to speak uh, their opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, recognising the key people yeah, you're leading, you don't, you don't preach just to the people of your gender in the congregation, mm. you're preaching to... Um, everyone that's there, and so you want to make sure that they're hearing and being built up in the Lord. Yeah, like good. Jesus and, yeah. yeah, I mean, sadly, what what can happen is when when in church, you know, the church service, we have lots of different elements, but the sermon seems to be this place when it's kind of like the pinnacle of uh, theological thought. The preacher's put a lot of work into it. He's often uh, gone to Bible college. Um, it's kind of this like high point of theology and mm. um, and learning. Um, it's usually kind of rich with um, with ideas and explanations and Bible passages. You know, you hope, um, but <laughs> usually, uh, and when that is only ever done by a man. Uh, I think it just speaks uh, to all the women in the congregation that that is only a role or a level of theological thinking that can be undertaken by men and that women uh, can't really expose themselves to that. Mm. I know it's, it's nothing that anyone actually says verbally, but when well, all of those by, kind of... By the habits that you have. Yeah, the habits that we have really speak often louder than the words that we say. And so when you only see men in those positions, I think it really uh, prevents women from um, from just, like, yeah, getting densely into theology or maybe even thinking about doing a year or two at Bible college or um, even just, like, a, a PTC course or... And they're not called that anymore. You know, like a short course. Um, I think it filters down into the kinds of books we study in Bible study, you know, mm. Ruth, anyone. Um, we often feel like we're just limited to the lady bits of the Bible. <laughs> but it sounds more appropriate when you say lady bits. 
it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just think having having those voices mm. uh, just show a better way. And I know, I remember when I was in year 10 and went to uh, Katoomba Women's Convention and heard some excellent Bible teaching from some very godly women and just being amazed that that was actually something that was possible for a woman to do and that like that was just a really foundational moment of my faith and um yeah I'm so grateful for those women and so whether you're letting you're kind of having women within mixed services uh, or not women need to be teaching and preaching at least other women uh, just to show that uh, we have brains and are capable of thought and can understand our good God just as much as our brothers can. Um, I mean, you can, t- can you tell this is something I'm a bit passionate about? Good answer. Question yeah. done? I think we're done. Done. All right. Bye.